from the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about gig-speed internet or other popular plans. With Xfinity, you'll enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer, filling in for Leslie just for uh, this hour today. And I'm glad to be joined by a very good friend of the show, Brad Bannon. Brad is head of Bannon Communications Research. You can find out more about Brad uh, at BannonCR.com or you can follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Brad, how are you doing on this Monday? I'm doing fine, Mark. How are you? Good. I actually, uh, for those who don't know, Brad and I are both graduates of Syracuse University, and I was uh, fortunate enough to go to one of my very best friend's uh, weddings in Charlotte this past weekend, uh, who I went to to college with uh, at Syracuse. So I got to get together with the old gang, and uh, it it helped to make up for the fact that our our orange aren't in uh, March Madness this year. Yeah, I uh, figure out why we can get a tournament bid. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, you, after last year, I can't complain too much, but uh, the big news uh, in our uh, area of the world uh, this past Friday um, is the collapse of uh, the American Health Care Act, or as many are calling it, Trump Care, and um, following uh, Mr. Art of the Deal's epic fail on uh, ramming through Trump Care, he first tried to blame the Democrats, which I thought was pretty rich. Um, Hours after the bill was pulled, he said, quote, I think the losers are Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer because now they own Obamacare. They own it, 100% own it, end quote. But a fact check from the New York Times on this claim rates it as misleading, which, you know, most of us knew that anyway. But uh, the New York Times writes, Democrats have been united in their opposition since the beginning of the fight to repeal and replace the health law. But Republicans did not need Democratic support to pass their legislation, end quote. And finally, yesterday, as you probably saw, he laid blame on the House Freedom Caucus in a tweet reading, quote, Democrats are smiling in D.C. that the Freedom Caucus, with the help of Club for Growth and Heritage, have saved Planned Parenthood and O-Care. Brad, why did Trump Care ultimately collapse, in your opinion, and who is responsible for its collapse? Well, uh, defeat has a thousand mothers and mothers. Uh, I think there's plenty of blame to spread on the Republican side. Uh, first, President Trump. He badly mishandled this thing. Uh, When it was first introduced in the House, uh, the president was very coy about whether it was his bill or not, so he didn't get strongly behind it. Then, at the end, he basically threatened Congress, if you don't pass this bill, if you don't vote on it today, I'm never going to sign what if you, anything you do pass on health care. So he got it wrong on both ends. He was too, he was too late back at the beginning and too much of a strong arm at the end. You know, in fact, one of the things I remember is Friday, one of the Republican members of the Conservative Freedom Caucus, or as I call it, the Suicide Caucus, uh, tweeted that basically Trump you can't strong on Congress. Uh, didn't he ever learn about the balance of powers? Uh, so Trump got it wrong on both ends. Then, of course, there's Paul Ryan. 
in my Fred, Fred, I'm going to uh, just jump in one second. We're having just a little trouble with our connection, so we're just going to take a quick break and get reconnected here. Um, this is Mark Grimaldi in with Brad Bannon. Now's a good time if you want to uh, get in line to discuss the collapse of Trump Care and the fallout. You can do so at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Grimaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall, and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer. Very pleased to be joined, uh, as always, by a good friend of the show, Brad Bannon, who runs Bannon Communications Research. And uh, now we have a better connection with Brad. So, uh, Brad, you actually were doing a uh, perfect lead-in, which I wanted to discuss, which is uh, the effect that Paul Ryan had on this process and also uh, his relationship with the president. So um, on Saturday, President Trump um, actually tweeted out uh, to watch Janine Pirro's show on Fox News. Um, and then she then opened her show with this statement, which I'm going to play a clip of and then get your reaction, Brad. Paul Ryan needs to step down as Speaker of the House. The reason? He failed to deliver the votes on his health care bill, the one trumpeted to repeal and replace Obamacare, the one that he had seven years to work on, the one he hid under lock and key in the basement of Congress, the one that had to be pulled to prevent the embarrassment of not having enough votes to pass. But this bill didn't just fail. It failed when Republicans had the House, the Senate, the White House. And the timing? It failed within the first 70 days of President Donald Trump's administration, a president who made replacement of Obamacare the hallmark of his campaign, and then used valuable political capital to accomplish it. Brad, do you think this tweet by President Trump was a coincidence? That's what his aides are saying. And what does Trump Care's failure mean for Paul Ryan's future as a House Speaker, in your opinion? Well, first of all, I don't think it's fair of uh, Trump to blame uh, Paul Ryan for this mess. They both had an equal share in putting together this disaster. Uh, together, I'd say the president and the speaker of the gang that couldn't shoot straight. Uh, first of all, the first couple of things uh, Piro said, first of all, she was right about one thing. Uh, they should have never, this, is the pres, this was the president's first major legislative initiative. And what he should have done, and you should is tried something easier, like infrastructure, uh, because it's a lot easier to pass something when you're giving people something, like better roads, than it is trying to pass a law that takes away from people in the you know, 24 million people who'd lose their health care. So the president uh, first made a rookie mistake uh, in not doing something easier first. Uh, the speaker, as Piero said, uh, he had seven years to get his get this thing together, um, you know, Obamacare passed in 2010. Um, the House has voted since then to dismantle uh, the Affordable Care Act 59 times, but not once have they proposed their own alternative until recently. Uh, and the thing they put together was, you know, a slapdash. You know, uh, it was you know seemed to me it was something like it was written on the back of a cocktail uh, 
Shapkin when the drafters were three sheets to the wind. I mean, it was a stupid, you know, bill. It was written poorly. Um, so they both deserve some blame. Uh, the Freedom Caucus, the conservatives in the House, um, deserve blame. They could have got their big wish of uh, killing Obamacare, but that wasn't enough for the Freedom Caucus. They wanted to kill any kind of federal government involvement in health care, and for that reason, uh, they uh, they basically couldn't, uh, they wouldn't put any votes into Ryan. And, you know, that was a big mistake. The Freedom Caucus let their ideology uh, get ahead of their common sense, which is always uh, a mistake. And again, you know, the Democrats deserve a lot of credit. When Ryan was trying to get this thing passed, he could not find one Democrat to vote for his bill, not one. And the Democrats hung together. They were really tight, and that it was a great move by the Democrats. And you got to, you know, there was a lot of pressure too. Uh, I read somewhere where the calls and emails coming into the House were running 48 to one against the Affordable Care Act, uh, against the uh, American Health Care Act, Ryan's bill. So. You know, the Democrats deserve credit, and I think both Trump and Ryan mishandled this thing very badly. Yeah, Brad, you, you make a really, I think, strong set of points. And the last one was actually something I wanted to touch on. Um, I don't think it could be understated, like you said, how intense uh, and sustained pressure from constituents helped to pressure uh, their congressional members to vote no on this bill. Um, I know you're you're familiar with uh, Indivisible Guide, which is a, a leading Trump resistance movement nationwide, um, and they actually sent out. Uh, I, I'm on their email list. I actually participate in uh, some citizen activism in my free time, uh, so I get a lot of their um, emails. And after the bill was pulled, um, this is what they wrote, and I think they make some strong points. Um, quote: Trump and Ryan were in a bind with no Democratic support. They needed to pass a bill that would satisfy both the extreme right and the purple state Republicans. Your constituent power asserted week after week over the last few months ultimately made this political calculus impossible. Your relentless constituent pressure ensured that Trump care was deeply unpopular before it was even introduced, which is true. I mean, we saw on Friday the Quinnipiac University poll that only 17 percent of Americans approved of Trump care. And, quote, they also write that unpopularity made it easy for the far right Republicans to oppose the bill. Ryan and Trump needed those far right votes, so they tried to offer more extreme concessions to win them over. And then those extreme concessions spooked the purple state Republicans who started to bolt. Why? Because and this is where the key comes in with these purple state Republicans, because the Freedom Caucus seems like they could care less. But still, you never know what that pressure. But specifically with these purple state Republicans, because of intense pressure from their constituents, suddenly the bill was losing votes, votes from both the far right and the purple state Republicans. And in a matter of days, the congressional coalition behind Trump's top legislative priority simply collapsed and Trump care was toast. Trump care was terrible, but terrible legislation passes all the time, which is a good point. The difference this time was that you were organized and determined indivisible rights. You mounted a sustained nationwide resistance that broke the will of the Republican caucus and derailed Trump's agenda. Politics is the art of the possible, and you changed what was possible. You stood indivisible, and it worked, and people will literally live longer, healthier lives as a result. End quote. Brad, I know you touched on this a little bit, but... Um, 
you know, as far as how much citizen activism had to do with this defeat, and also, I, I think on a broader point, I'd like your opinion, uh, what does it mean for the possibilities of the resistance going forward? I mean, obviously, we want to be realistic. There is still a Republican president and, you know, a Republican House and Senate, but I, I think if you would have told people when Trump was elected that they wouldn't be able to repeal uh, the Affordable Care Act, especially if it was his first legislative priority, they would have probably looked at you like you're crazy. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, that shows good signs for the resistance. Uh, I think the citizens' activist group, like uh, the Indivisibles, did a good job. I think Nancy Pelosi deserves a lot of credit for killing this thing because she held her caucus together. I mean, again, Ryan could get not get one Democrat to vote for this thing, and I think Nancy Pelosi deserves credit for that. Uh, going forward. It seems to me that already, and I don't know, we're 50-some days into the Trump administration, uh, Trump has suffered three major defeats. Uh, the first one would be what happened last week with the uh, defeat of Trump Care. Uh, before that, uh, he's issued two executive orders on travel, Muslim travel bans, and they both got shot down by the federal courts. Uh, and third, under a lot of pressure, uh, Trump had to fire uh, his national security advisor, General Flynn. So the way I looked at it, he's suffered three major defeats already, and Democrats and progressives have won three important victories. It is, it is true, Brad, and it's something I remember you talking about right after he was elected, and a lot of people were kind of in, uh, you know, sh- shell-shocked, essentially. And we also talked about, you know, and I don't want to go too far in this direction, but the fourth estate, you know, being the media. And, you know, I think a lot of the activist groups that I've seen are learning how to um, – organize these events so they properly are covered by the media and then you know so people who are not at the events see them and see the effects of them and i think it's these very powerful visuals especially which you i think you hit the nail on the head the first legislative activity was to take something away to take away people's right to health care 24 million people to be exact um so i think you make a really strong point now heading into the break um i want to pose this question to you brad and then i'll have you answer on the other side of the break and also we invite anyone who would like to join in with their thoughts on uh, Trump care collapsing and its fallout. You're welcome to join myself, Mark Romaldi, or our guest, Brad Bannon, at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. Uh, this past Saturday, President Trump attempted to reassure those disappointed by the health care bill failure the day before. He tweeted, quote, Obamacare will explode and we will all get together and piece together a great health care plan for the people. Do not worry, end quote. However, many reacted negatively to his tweet um this was an article in uh, aol.com which was covering this the tweet and the reaction uh, one twitter user said quote so we should not worry because the health insurance market will collapse question mark great logic end quote another noted quote to be clear trump's plan at this point is to try to slowly degrade health care then blame the affordable care act end quote very strong points and that was my first reaction uh when i heard this and then also Another point, so Brad, we'll get your reaction to that approach by uh, President Trump on the other side just due to time. And then the other point I wanted to bring up and have you address is since Trump Care's failure on Friday, uh, there's 
Republicans like Congressman Charlie Dent, who is part of that moderate uh, Tuesday group, I believe it's called, uh, basically a group of moderate Republicans. And then you have Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee, um, and they've joined the call made by popular Republican governor of Ohio, John Kasich, to work with Democrats to fix the Affordable Care Act. So on the other side of the break, we're going to get Brad's opinion on this treat by this tweet by Trump where he's basically just saying, you know, he's going to let the health market collapse for political gain and let people get hurt. And then somehow that's going to help him, I don't know, pass this horrible bill. Uh, And then also the opinion of uh, Brad on these Republican calls to work with Democrats to fix the Affordable Care Act as, you know, both sides see that there should be some adjustments, obviously some disagreement on that. You know, we'll see what the will is like of both sides to work together to address that. These are obviously moderate Republicans who were talking about, although if they did have Democrats join with them, uh, they would not need uh, anyone on the far right like the Freedom Caucus. But again, that remains to be seen, and it remains to be seen if that would be a smart move to give Trump some sort of a victory. Obviously, there's a political risk in that, too. So we'll get your thoughts on the other side of the break. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Uh, You're welcome to join us at 8886-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543, and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer. I am joined, uh, as always, by a very good friend of the show and personal friend of uh, mine and Leslie's, Brad Bannon. He runs Bannon Communications Research. Uh, you can check out uh, the website at BannonCR.com. That's B-A-N-N-O-N-C-R.com. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you can follow him. His handle is at Brad Bannon. That's at B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. Uh, before the break, Brad, we were starting to get into two related subjects, and I'll just refresh our audience's memory. On Saturday, uh, President Trump attempted to reassure those disappointed by the health care bill failure the day before. He tweeted, quote, Obamacare will explode and we will all get together and piece together a great health care plan for the people. Do not worry, end quote. But people obviously reacted negatively to that. One wrote on Twitter, so we should not worry because the health insurance market will collapse, question mark, great logic. And another noted, quote, to be clear, Trump's plan at this point is to try to slowly degrade health care, then blame the Affordable Care Act, end quote. Let's start with that, Brad. Uh, what do you think about that approach by the president? Well, I think personally that's what he's going to do. Uh, he's going to try to use his uh, authority as chief executive uh, to downgrade uh, Obamacare. And there are ways he can do it. Uh, he can just say, okay, we're not going to do any more national advertising uh, to get people to sign up for Obamacare. And the reality is there's quite a bit he can do without Congress uh, to make Obamacare live, you know, a living hell, basically. Uh, So he could degrade it. Now, the question is, uh, if he does degrade it, I think he'll try. Uh, Who gets the blame? Will he get the blame um, or will Democrats get the blame. And it's just something Democrats have to work on real hard. Uh, and they have to keep, as the, the Trump, as Trump tries to degrade Obamacare, Democrats have to be right on top of it and pointing it out. Well, of course, it's, you know, it's going down. He's not advertising for signups anymore. He's not doing this or that, the other thing. Uh, and I suspect that's what Trump will do. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. It'll be, it'll really be how do people perceive it. And, um, you know, so far I'm encouraged by how um, awakened people seem to be and watching 
Uh, it seems like his every move and hopefully the media will, you know, push even more to, um, you know, be covering what he's doing and make people aware of it. Um, you also have uh, since the, the Trump care bill collapsed on Friday and was pulled, uh, like I'd mentioned, you have some moderate Republicans like uh, Congressman Charlie Dent of Pennsylvania. He's a uh, uh, co-chair of that group, the, the Tuesday group, it's called, of moderate Republicans in the House. And then you have Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee uh, joining the call by popular Ohio Governor uh, Republican John Kasich calling to work with Democrats to fix the Affordable Care Act. Now, this is something that even President Obama had said to Republicans in the House and Senate when they controlled both. He said, you know, if you have ideas to make it better, I'm not opposed to that. Let's work together. But they didn't want to give him any sort of help, you know, because they considered that that would be some sort of victory for him. So um, do you think there's any chance of Democrats working with these moderate Republicans? What would that look like in your mind, Brad? I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Well, the short answer is it depends a lot on, you know, first of all, it makes all the sense in the world to do what President Obama suggested uh, was to amend uh, the Affordable Care Act. Um, they clearly tried to do something completely different, and it crashed and burned. So really, that's the only – if they want to get this thing done, that's the only way to do it. And basically, they should start with the framework of Obamacare uh, and try to make compromises uh, that uh, basically uh, satisfy everybody. Now, the problem is uh, here is that – I think the Democrats have to be very careful on how they do deal with this. Uh, ideally, they would work together uh, with the Republican leadership in the House to amend Obamacare. Uh, but my guess is there'll be some resistance in the Democratic House caucus to doing anything uh, that constitutes working with the president or the Republicans on a new on amendments to Obamacare. Uh, and that, I think, would be a mistake. Uh, now, the Republicans played this game where they obstructed Barack Obama every time they could. Um, they got away with it, but I don't think Democrats can do that. And the reason they can't do it is Democrats are the party of uh, the uh, national, you know, the federal government taking action. Republicans are the party of the federal government not taking any action. And so it's easy for Republicans to obstruct Barack Obama because that's what their party is about. On the other hand, Democrats can't obstruct Trump uh, because they basically of the party of making the federal government work well. Uh, so in an ideal world, uh, there would be an amendment amendments to the Affordable Care Act, and Democrats would uh, go into it. Um, you know, the other reason why Democrats have to work something out is we're playing a high-stakes poker here. We're talking about the lives and the health and well-being of 20 million-plus Americans. Uh, and I think Democrats have a responsibility of working something out to get as many of those 24 million Americans covered as is humanly possible. I mean, this is more than politics. We're talking about people's lives here. Uh, and I think Democrats are going to have, if there is a way to work with Republicans, I think Democrats um, are going to have to find it. 
I would agree with you, Brad. And I think we saw President Obama do that. I mean, he was willing to expend political capital uh, when he was massively popular by passing the Affordable Care Act and taking the, the, the beating publicly by Republicans by having it actually go through committee after committee for over a year in the House and Senate, which, you know, is ironic. Republicans would say it was rammed through, yet they tried to put their bill through in 17 days. And it was funny seeing Tom Cotton, the uh, senator from, uh, I think it's Arkansas, Republican senators, saying you know how long democrats took and actually working this bill out when in the past republicans kept saying it was rammed through but i think you make a great point on that and the other thing is you know he was the adult in the room and he took you know a beating by republicans temporarily but in the long run it showed that he cared about his constituents and people you know saw that and you saw that with his very high approval rating late in his presidency even higher than president reagan that late in his second term and i think brad um you know you see polling talking about about, uh, you know, which way to go. Uh, a political morning consult poll uh, shows that people are still evenly split. 45% of registered voters approve of the law, 45% disapprove. But as you talked about, Brad, what what is the consensus about what to do with the law? Only 12% say leave it as is. Um, then 24% say repeal it. But there's a sharp divide between the 27% who want to repeal parts of the law, but not all of it, and the 26% who want to expand the existing law. So it's really kind of evenly split. So I think you have the groundwork where Republicans and Democrats could work together and work something out. And I think if it's a if that actually helps people, then you know people who are on the left, you still will have some who don't want to do anything with President Trump. But I think in this particular instance where if it's to help people with their health care, I, I think you make a, a very strong point on that, Brad. Um, The next uh, aspect that the Trump administration and congressional Republicans seem to be setting their sights on is is tax reform. Um, There's a lot of different discussions about where this effort might go. Um, Where do you see it heading, Brad? Well, uh, this is a good segue uh, from health care to tax reform. I think one of the big mistakes that Trump and Ryan made on the new health care law was it really wasn't health care law. It was, it was a tax cut disguised with, uh, in, the, in, the, in the close of health care reform. Because one of the reasons this thing crashed and burned is that essentially by putting all these people, getting, you know, cutting all the Medicaid funding for these 20 million people to get uh, Medicare, they created a slush fund which they used in this bill uh, to give wealthy Americans a tax break. So this was really tax. The health care bill was really tax reform on the sly. They don't. The Republicans don't care about ta- you know health care. They don't care whether people get health care or not. But they do care that wealthy Americans get tax cuts, and that's what the uh, American Health Care Act would have done. Uh, and I think they're. I think they hope to get part of tax reform uh, in the American Health Care Act. Now that they didn't, uh, they're going to have to put together a tax reform plan. And my feeling is if they've they got to do a better job putting this thing together than they did the Health Care Act, or tax reform will crash and burn, too. Yeah, and I think you know you make a great point. Senator Bernie Sanders had said that the whole time, too, Brad, maintaining, which I think you're right, this was a, a tax care bill cloaked as a health care law. Um, you know, Trump 
would have he promised not to cut Medicaid, but this health bill would have cut eight hundred eighty billion dollars from Medicaid over ten years. And and a lot of the the cuts came from getting rid of the wealthiest Americans uh, paying taxes that would then support subsidies for low income Americans to have this health insurance. So that's really what it did. It was a distribution of wealth back to the um, wealthy, wealthiest Americans, which obviously the Republican Party has had no problem focusing, um, you know, having their interests at heart versus the other large majority of the population who isn't ultra wealthy. Um, as we go to break, I'm going to ask Brad another question. We'll come back and get his thoughts. Um, one area where it looks like Republicans might get tripped up um, in this tax reform is on something called the border adjustment tax. Um, It would be a 20% tax on imports that by making imports more expensive would spur domestic production, they say. They think the plan would raise $1 trillion to compensate for the lower revenue that much lower tax rates would probably bring in. And you have Paul Ryan and Representative Kevin Brady of Texas, who's the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Uh, They've been aggressively pushing this reform, the border adjustment tax, but they're facing a backlash from retailers, energy companies, and conservative think tanks, which warn that consumer prices will soar under the House Republican plan. Uh, Mr. Trump and Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin uh, have seemed cool to this idea since that pressure, and you have many Senate Republicans also skeptical, which is raising the prospect that Mr. Ryan's tax vision could suffer the same fate uh, as his health plan, toppling under the weight of divisions within his party. So we're going to get Brad's opinion on the border adjustment tax and if that might be where they get tripped up. If you'd like to call in, the number to do so is 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Romaldi, Leslie's executive producer, joined by Brad Bannon, and we will be right back after this brief commercial break. Welcome back to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Mark Romaldi and Brad Bannon in for Leslie Marshall. Again, you can follow Brad on Twitter at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D. B-A-N-N-O-N. Before the break, Brad, we were getting into the weeds a little bit on the tax reform, which I want to do because I think people are going to hear more about this uh, border adjustment tax um, as it's something that, again, Paul Ryan and Kevin Brady, who's the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, have been aggressively pushing for. um, But now it looks like uh, President Trump and the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, um, are facing this backlash, like I said, from retailers, energy companies, and conservative think tanks, which are warning that consumer prices will go up under this House Republican plan. Um, you also have Senate Republicans being skeptical. So um, it's, And also, I think you have to introduce the, the, the fact that Paul Ryan crafted this health care bill that failed seemingly you would think he'd have less control over writing this tax reform legislation. Um, so how do you see this dynamic working on that specific proposal and how it may gum up the works with this tax reform, Brad? Well, I think the border adjustment tax is in big trouble. Uh, as you mentioned, every major real retailer, you know, Walmart, all those stores are desperately fighting this thing uh, because they'll, you know, taxes, they'll have to charge their consumers more uh, for the same goods, uh, which means their sales will go down. So corporate America is vehemently opposed to this thing. Uh, In the Senate, uh, you have four Republican senators that I know will fight this thing to the death. Um, the two Republicans uh, from Arizona, uh, McCain and uh, I'm blanking Jeff, on is the it other one. Jeff Flake. Uh, Flake. Flake, yeah. Uh, and two Republican senators from Texas, Cronin and Cruz, uh, because it's 
going to be border communities like the ones in uh, California, Arizona, uh, and Texas that are going to pay the price for this thing. So I don't even see how uh, the president is going to even get um, Republicans on board with this thing, uh, much less anybody else. So I, I think this thing's in, in big trouble. So, and that's supposed that's going to be their next um, legislative priority. So if that goes down, you know, obviously they're going to be looking at what Trump wanted to do, which is basically cut taxes across the board, you know, big cuts for the wealthiest Americans. And he wants to put together a tax cut, he says, for, you know, uh, middle income Americans, although there's uh, indications that his tax reform plan could actually cost some of the poorest Americans uh so I think there was a provision where a single parent might lose some deductions uh, for additional children, um, but it remains to be seen, you know, because they haven't actually fully proposed a tax reform bill. Um, but I know that uh, as early as tomorrow, some of the committees are going to start working on it. Um, on to the other news of the day. Uh, today we learned, Brad, uh, that House Intel Committee Chair uh, Devin Nunes was on the White House grounds the day before he announced that he saw information he said suggests that communications of then-President-elect Trump and his advisors may have been swept up in surveillance of other foreign nationals. Uh, Nunes says he was on the White House grounds that day, but he said he was not in the White House itself. Um, there are other buildings, including the Eisenhower Executive Office building, that are on the same grounds but not in the White House. Uh, Nunes says he went to the building because he needed a secure area to view the information. However, um, Representative Eric uh, Swalwell, a California Democratic uh, congressman who also sits on the intelligence committee accused the white house monday of quote obstructing the panel's investigation and called for an independent commission uh to review the matter and you also have representative jim himes uh, con a congressman from connecticut telling cnn's uh kate bolden uh monday that nunez actions were bizarre and loopy adding that nunez has told democrats nothing about developments in the investigation quote whatever it is he's done it has been at the white house it appears to have been in the service of the white house and so it is very clear that he owes us an explanation heim said on cnn's at this hour so brad what do you make of all this and is there any chance nunez steps down as house intelligence committee chairman considering paul ryan keeps saying he supports him well uh first of all uh uh, Congressman Nunes committed a serious breach of congressional uh, etiquette. Uh, basically, after he uh, looked at the findings uh, of the staff and the FBI, uh, he talked to the White House uh, about it uh, without before he told the members his own committee. And that's a serious breach of uh, congressional ethics. Even uh, Republicans on the committee were angry about that. Uh, and, you know, and again, um, they have, the Republicans have real trouble with this checks and balances thing. Uh, Congressman Nunes' responsibility is not to the president, uh, but to the House of Representatives. And he clearly breached that trust. Uh, whether or not he's going to get removed, my guess is probably not, um, because essentially uh, I don't see that, you know, Democrats would vote to remove him, but I doubt very many Republicans would vote to remove him, and I doubt Paul Ryan, and it's essentially Ryan's call, and I, I don't think he's going to do that, uh, you know, go against a, another Republican like that. So, sadly, I think we're stuck with Congressman Nunes.
it's just it amazes me after that move that you know and i think it's going to continue to put pressure on republicans and you know give this image that they're not conducting an independent investigation which i think is pretty clear that they're not they're obviously you know you saw the when they had um you know fbi director comey up there you know they just kept talking about the leaks and had had no questions regarding the ties even after director comey said there was an ongoing investigation between uh trump team officials and the russian government uh there was no questions about that it seemed except again for the leaks so you know it may fall to the Senate, who uh, we found out today is going to be um, interviewing uh, Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law, and we found out that he had contacts um, with members of the Russian government inside um, Trump Tower. And, you know, there's a lot of questions to be answered. So, you know, we'll see. Obviously, this is going to be a campaign issue in the midterms. But, you know, you wonder what's going to come of that uh, between now and then. Um, Brad, you know, with everything we've covered today, I want to give you the last minute just to give uh, your final thoughts. Well, first of all, I think if the thing that will uh, eventually prove the undoing uh, of uh, the Trump administration uh, will be this whole affair uh, with Russia. Uh, the whole thing stinks to high heaven. And I think if anything brings Trump down, it's going to be that. Now, I pers- also feel that uh, you get a better chance of getting a real investigation out of the Senate than you do the House, uh, because there are, you know, a few Republican senators, uh, I, uh, McCain and a uh, couple of Lindsey, Lindsey Graham, Graham, yeah, who thinks this thing stinks to high heaven. So I think it will happen there. Great points, Brad. Thanks for joining us as, as always. Definitely a great follow on Twitter, Brad, as you can do it at Brad Bannon. That's B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N. If you'd like to follow me, it's at Mark J. Grimaldi. That's M-A-R-K-J-G-R-I-M-A-L-D-I. And we will be back live tomorrow. Have a great afternoon and evening. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, A unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.